You know, one of my uh, favorite memories from when our kids were little were those moments when the boys would come up and say, Daddy, can you read me a story? And snuggled under the covers, under the illumination of one little lamp, we would travel galaxies. We would go to exotic lands. We would solve the mysteries of the universe and all that connected to it. And we would even have green eggs and ham for breakfast. (laughs) We all know the power of story. From a very young age, we all know how a story can convey truth to us in a way that nothing else can. We embrace story. We love it. We have a whole industry that is generated millions and millions of dollars just by generating stories. Stories that lift us up. Stories that make us recognize that there is hope. To recognize that you know, love does exist. Stories that you know, claim that the world doesn't have to be the way it is. That, that people just like you and me beat the odds. People just like you and me have a common friend, have a common story, because that's what story does. It makes us recognize the common place that we all have and exist with. And whether young or old, every one of us love a great story. One of the One of the wonderful things about studying the life of Jesus and studying the Bible is recognizing that Jesus was a master storyteller. Do you realize that a third of Jesus' teaching was directly these stories that he would tell to people? He'd find himself in situations, and instead of just saying, you know what, God is like and making a list, or this is what you should and making a list— Or this is how and making a list. Jesus decided to do something that he knew would be more effective, that he knew would challenge people, that he knew would 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 make people kind of kind of look inside themselves in a way that if you just said, you know what, you're wrong and you need to do it like this. That he crafted these stories, these things that we call parables that are just evident throughout Scripture That many of us who have studied the Bible recognize the stories for their power, for their worth, for the lessons that that they teach. And Jesus was a master at it. A parable comes from the Greek word to cast alongside something else. Jesus' parables were cast alongside a truth in order to illustrate that truth. That's why they're called parables. His parables were teaching aids and can be thought of as as extended analogies, extended pictures or comparisons. A common description that you hear often is that a parable is this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. We're going to expand on that this morning. We're going to give you some other things about a parable that are important for us. To see, And we're going to look at a short parable this morning because it illustrates the greater picture of what Jesus was teaching when he taught uh, the parables and, and what we need to take away from them. 
Because Jesus has a message of truth that he wants to convey to each and every one of us. And to hear that truth, sometimes he has to do it in a way that's going to reach into the very heart of our souls. Here's the thing. How many of you have a song? How many of you have a song, right, that that can take you back in time to that moment? Right? How many of you have a story that can take you back to that time in the moment? Why is it that stories, even in song, can can you know, get rid of whatever, whatever boundaries, whatever walls that we have up and hit us right at the very soul and give us a message that nothing else can deliver because of a story. So we're going to talk about one particular short parable this morning and we're going to expand on it. And we're going to give you the tools that you're going to need because for the next eight weeks, we're going to talk about specific parables that Jesus Presented and what they mean for each and every one of us. Because a parable is a truth that you need to understand and have and becomes part of your story as well. So here is uh, the parable we're going to look at this morning as we start. start. It's part of a, a series of parables that Jesus taught in Matthew 13. And we're just going to pluck this one out because this one is so important. Jesus also used this illustration, this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like... The yeast of a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, I want to do a technical thing. Can I do a technical thing here this morning? This, this, this parable is technically wrong. Okay? Because in the ancient world, it wasn't like they had dough and they took yeast and it put yeast in the dough and they made it. What they actually did, that may, may be the first time, When they made the bread, they would make it that way. But what happens is they used to save a little bit of dough from older bread. And they would take that piece, put it in. That's very important for the illustration, for the picture. And and all all of you that have done that go, yeah, we've been there. We've we've made bread that way. That's the way it would would permeate the thing. Now, I got to tell you, I'm I'm in my office and I'm looking at this parable and I'm trying trying to, to... to, you know, I'm going through all the, all the motions of talk about it. And then I realized I got stuck. And I've read it a hundred times, maybe even a thousand. I've come across it so many times. I've, I've, I've analyzed it in Greek. I've, I've, I've done all kinds of stuff with it. But here's where I got stuck. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, I don't know about you. But as Jesus talked about that, as Jesus presented that story, as the people and the crowds were around him, and, and, and they would have heard Jesus say that. And we've heard, we've read Jesus saying that many, many times. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, whatever you think life is, whatever you think is the way of things or fairness or whatever you want to talk about life, Jesus all of a sudden says, wait a minute, we're going to change things up. We're going to give you a truth that you need to understand. 
That when it comes to God, when it comes to this kingdom, when it comes to the world that we live in, that we kind of live at this, 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 this you know, uh, horizontal level of life. But Jesus says that parallel to that, that's moving alongside of that, is this kingdom, this other kingdom that you need to be aware of. That it's not the rules that generally, you know, permeate all of life. That the rules are different. That something happens. That when the kingdom of heaven is evident, that it's not normal. That life is different. That there's hope. That there's light. That there's something. That there's something. And when I look at this parable and I look at this little bit of yeast, this little bit of of dough that gets added to the bigger thing and it does something to the bigger thing and it and it connects it and it and it makes it better and it makes it grow and it makes it exciting and and all of that stuff and we kind of look at the big thing and we go no i want the big thing the big thing is where it's important jesus says no 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 we say all the time you know i don't need to do good stuff or i don't make a difference where i am or I'm just too small, or I'm too insignificant, or it's not going to matter. It's not going to make a difference. Why should I even bother? You know, we've got all the excuses, and we say, that, you know, the whole culture's going this way. I don't want to just be left out on my own. It's the bigger thing that matters. And Jesus says, no, the smaller thing in the righteous thing, doing the God thing, doing the good thing, doing the right thing, doing the thing that God ordained, doing the thing that God blesses will always affect the bigger thing. It's never the other way around. But we look at the bigger thing as what's going to touch us the most. I remember, I remember when we did uh, the mission statement of the church and, and, when, and we talked about love God, love others, and change the world. And I'll never forget the amount of, of pushback we got. How dare you think you're going to change the world? I don't know how many people came to me and said, don't you think that's a bit grandiose? Don't you think that's a bit difficult? Don't you think that's just unreasonable? Don't you think, you know, and, and it went on and on and on. How dare you talk about a church of our size, a small group like us, giving us a, a, you know, a prospect of changing the world? How dare you? I was even called a couple of names. But that's okay. Because the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. I remember the Apostle Paul, you know, I I spoke our all-student retreat last week. And I wasn't here, and I apologize for not being able to be here, but... The theme verse for the school was 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, And Paul talks about, do not give up doing good. Because everything you do for the Lord, everything matters that you do for the Lord matters. And I thought, I'm doing this and I'm going, wow. <laughs> you know, what, what the students have is a theme verse this year and what... We're talking about it the very first makes all the difference, doesn't it? There are some of you here this morning that don't think you matter to the kingdom of God. 
There are some of you here this morning that, that you're going to say, you said stuff to me like, all I can do is pray. You have no idea how important your prayers are today. You have no idea that that good thing you've just done, that nobody sees, that, that, that nobody has heralded, that nobody has you know, put you on social media and done Instagram, go look at so-and-so what they've done, right? No one has seen that in the dark, but the Lord did. And for every good thing that you do, what every righteous thing that you do, whatever it is that, that, that brings you into alignment with the heart of the Father is the kingdom of God is like. That the kingdom of heaven is, is longing for the people of God to align themselves with the heart of God so the kingdom of heaven becomes a reality and not just a wishful expectation. That when we look around us and when, we, and when we see what is going on and we go, oh, has God given up? God hasn't given up. Maybe we have. Maybe we have forgotten the difference it's going to make when, when we share the story with our kids, when we share the story with our peers, when we share the story with uh, other people that need to know about this incredible <laughs> story of Jesus. And the truth that he taught about God. The kingdom of heaven is like. It is unlike anything you ever imagined. And there are moments in your life, and each one of you have experienced that maybe in, in ways more profound than I have ever experienced, that something happens, you talk to someone, you, you have something, you receive something, and you realize the kingdom of heaven is like and suddenly you know God exists. Suddenly God is involved. You know that God loves you. And you know that God is actively, actively working in your life in a way. But you have forgotten it because the kingdom of this world is in competition with the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus stops everybody and says, you know what? You know what? You're going to look at the larger lump. You're going to think that's the important part. You're going to think that's the part that counts. You're going to think that, that, that may very well be the bread, but the end result would never happen without the yeast. And you, my friend, are the yeast. Because the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like you who add that little bit to the greater whole and make the kingdom what it is today. The kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven. Here Jesus takes us into another reality, another world, another portal, whatever you want to talk about, and frames the entire situation differently. And, you know, and we're in, you know, sometimes we're like fish in water, and somebody says, you know what, there's healthier water. It doesn't always have to be green. You know, there's clear water. You don't always have to have special eyeglasses on because the water's green and you can't see anymore and all that stuff. There's actually a place where the water's clear. You don't need the glasses and you can see everything, right? But we, we forget that. We think it's all green, murky, dark. But it's not. It's not. It's not. And here's, here, here, here's, here's what I need you to hear. If you are bound up in our human limitations, 
you will never experience the full extent of God's blessing in your life. Because when we forfeit the risk, we forfeit the miracle. And God is all about us reaching further into the light, reaching further to do the good thing, reaching further to do the right thing, reaching further and, has, and give God the task of doing the impossible, but allowing us to experience the blessing of what happens when God does. That's the difference. But often we look around and say, you know, it's impossible. And I know some of you are struggling great and, and you're not seeing God in the, in the midst. And you're not seeing God doing the whatever. And the thing is, there's this little light out in the distance. And you're seeing just the darkness. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like, that's where you need to go. That's where you need to move to. That's the place that you need to focus on. That is the place where God's going to meet you. That is the place where you have to keep striving towards. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you miss it, you're going to let the darkness surround you. You're going to, the darkness, you know, you're going to succumb to the darkness and, and, and you're going to forget that the kingdom of heaven is like Here how this, here's how this section ends. I want to, right after this, Jesus, the passage says that Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the word of the world. You know, actually, again, a little technical aside. The passage is actually quoting Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is a, is, is a, is a, a psalm that is written by Asaph. Asaph was a worship leader in ancient Israel. That's what, he, that's what he was. And here's the ancient worship leader in the nation of Israel talking about parables that revealed the mysteries and the promises and the hope of God. Jesus is doing the same thing. He's, Jesus, through the stories that he tells, through the parables that he tells, he's revealing the truth of God so people can hear it and understand these mysterious things about God so they're clear about who the Father is. Here's, here's, here's the deal with all of this. For those whose ears are open to understand the parable, they learn significant truths about God. To those whose hearts are not open, the parable just sounds like a dumb story. And they become spiritually dead to what it is that Jesus had just taught. A parable, a parable, here's where it becomes your story. A parable reveals to you what is in your own heart as it pertains to God. It is a lesson in which Jesus tells a story and reveals whether or not you are guilty of the very thing that Jesus says in the story. Are you, you know, we all know the story of the prodigal son. Are you like the prodigal son? Or, or, or do you have the heart like the father? Who would run after his son, who would look, look for his son every day, the son that said, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money, and I'm going to go and have a great time at your expense. 
But Jesus tells the story to remind us of the heart of the Father who would search and seek out the Son when he came back in a heart of repentance before, before him. Are you more like the, aligned with the heart of the Father? Are you like the prodigal son? Or, or are you like the older son that said, why are you throwing that good-for-nothing a party? Do you know what he did? Do you know how he embarrassed the family? Do you know how he embarrassed you? Do you know what it says to the community if you let him back in? The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. I want to give you five characteristics of a parable. You guys are in for a great ride the next eight weeks when we do this. Here's, here are five characteristics of a parable. Number one, we are drawn into f- the familiar. We can all relate to the, to, to the background or the stories of the parable. A feast, a banquet, um, um, a person on the side, you know, side of the road that, is, that has been hurt. You know, a, a son who rejects the family. You, you know, we can all understand the familiar nature of, of the parables. Jesus paints a picture and a story that draws us into the drama right away. We can relate. In some way, we can relate to the story because it's all familiar to us. In fact, many of us can go, how does he know what's going on in my life? How does he know what's going on in my life? Secondly, the drama will produce conviction and demand a response. You know, there are so many times that we see after the parables, the people's, the crowd's response, people. There are times when Jesus would tell a story and the, and, the, and the religious leaders would want to pick up stones and kill him. Because, because the story was so damning against them, revealed so much their own heart, their own hatred, their own prejudices. And Jesus brought it all out bare for everybody to see. Because everybody right away would have said, ah, you're talking about them. And we're going to see that when we look at these stories. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to learn the difference, for instance, between the compassion of God, the mercy of God, the, 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 the depth of his love compared to our own. That our love becomes, comes with conditions. That our love comes with certain expectations. That our love comes with you need to be, be found in kind of these categories. And if you're not in these categories, then I can't love you. I can't love you. In fact, I can't even talk to you. I can't embrace you until you get right. And there's a response that happens. And Jesus raises the tension in the story. Because the reality is, we can draw the line in the sand, but the tension never goes away. The tension never goes away. And it demands a response. Many of the people who heard Jesus would walk away because they didn't want to hear it. No, I don't want to be. I don't want my heart revealed in that way. How dare you? How dare you take a Samaritan, a person who's not even human in our culture, and make them the hero of a story? How dare you do that? 
And it had nothing to do with the Samaritan being a hero. But it had everything to do about the condition of their heart and what they saw that person as. Number three. It will teach a fundamental spiritual truth. This is the heart of a parable, by the way. It's going to teach a fundamental spiritual truth. Something where, you know, that's why when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, here's a truth. You live on this kind of plane. You struggle in this kind of plane. You have your human weaknesses in this kind of plane. But the kingdom of heaven is like this. Here are the rules. Here are the parameters. This is what you need to understand. Okay? That God, you know, I, I, you know, I said this to the students last week. The older I get, the more I cannot fathom love and grace when it comes to God. I can't. I, I simply can't. I can't understand the depth, the, the width of it, you know, the, 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 the extent of it, all of that kind of stuff. The, the, you know, I thought, I thought the more I, I, I got deeper into theology and all that kind of stuff, I'd have it. Figure it out like that. I'm sorry, I can't. To understand the love of the Father. To understand the compassion and the grace that God extends us each and every day. Even though we think we deserve it. Reality is, none of us do. It is purely by, by the grace of God. And to even reject that gift to me is just like, What? What? I am. Um, can I take a bunny trail? <laughs> Have you ever read something and felt like you, you know, um, you just read pornography? You ever, have you ever read something that was so vile, even though it wasn't closely related to anything sexual, but you thought you just read pornography, and you felt like you had to clean yourself, and you had to, you, you know, the whole the whole magazine got got soiled, and you just didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't even going to go here, but anyway, it bothered me so much. I came across an article that's. By a philosopher, okay? And again, everybody's going to get after me about philosophy. And Anyway, okay. And it was, it was an article on proving that, that, that death doesn't exist. Okay? And I have this morbid obsession lately, I know. But, um, so I thought, hey, I'm going to read this article. See what this person says. Okay? And I started reading it. Anyway... It claimed to be scientific. All it was was philosophical meanderings that really went nowhere. It was actually in the New York Times. Anyway, this is going somewhere, trust me. Okay? But I don't know if you've ever read something like that and you got so upset and it was so vile. Okay? The person said, and even, even the, per, the person was a philosophy professor at some... some I don't know, some shack somewhere. Um, um, <laughs> I really, I like, uh, you would not have wanted to be around me five minutes after I read that article. You just, you just wouldn't. I'm 
ready to explode. Anyway, there was not a single ounce of science in the article. It was all philosophical meanderings. And the person even said, and, and all that religious stuff and its fantasy and fairy tales about eternity. Listen. If you read the person's philosophical meanderings about why life, it was laughable. It was such a joke. It was one person's opinion about life and death. Had nothing to do with reality. Had nothing to do with, with anything science. Not an ounce of it. Got published in the New York Times and yet ridiculed, and as far as I was concerned, Jesus. When he talked about eternity. When he talked about the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? If I'm going to put my money on anybody, I'm going to put my money on Jesus. Thank you very much. Don't you dare, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm, I know I probably insulted some of you and I'm really sorry, but, but I just could not believe the drivel was actually in a major newspaper. It really was. It was just embarrassing. And it was honestly, if you ever, if you read it, it was embarrassing and I don't, I don't mean it. It just was embarrassing. And to think that that had, you know, thought it was credibility, right? But Jesus Jesus said, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like. And for those, for those who have ears to hear, it is a wonderful hope that when Jesus tells a story, it has meaning and purpose and reveals the heart of the Father. Let's keep going. Number D, it will produce a mirror of ourselves, but a window into God. Some of you have heard me say this before. That's the power of the scripture. That's the power of these stories, right? They, they, they create a mirror of ourselves. We, we read the stories and we go, oh, I get that. I've been that angry before. I've been that depressed before. I've been that doubtful before. I've, you know, I've, I've been in that place before. But Jesus says, guess what? We've all been in that place before. But here is, here is a window into your heavenly father. And listen, he is your heavenly father who cares for you, who loves you, who is compassionate towards you. Here's the last one. A proper understanding will align you with the heart of God. A proper understanding will align you with the heart of God. The parables in many, many ways are a temperature gauge of where you are with the Lord. That's, that's why they were so powerful. Because they, they removed our defenses. You know, when I say to you, when I say to you, God loves you. We, we often just, that's a mental ascent thing, right? That's an abstraction. When you, when you read a story of a son who practically, you know, spits on his family, walks away from the community, you know, tells his dad, I'd rather that you were dead, all that, that kind of stuff, walks away, spends all the inheritance, does away with all that kind of, I hope I'm not doing the prodigal son in the next eight weeks, um, you know. And, does, and then comes back and the father accepts him in a way that culturally is a no-no. And Jesus says, this is the heart of your father. How much more 
Does that communicate God's love for you? You know why? Because every single one of us maybe have not done the full extent of the prodigal son, but every single one of us have wandered down that path to one degree or another. Margaret Feinberg wrote this, the gift of the parables is not that it invites us to dig deeper. We read the parable, but then we allow the parable to read us. Parables ask us to use our hearts and our minds and souls and friends along with a childlike dependence on God to decipher. And the real understanding comes not when we get the story, but when the story gets us. That's the power behind the parable. Listen, some of you think God's all about judgment. In the weeks ahead, you're going to hear Jesus tell a better story. Some of you are here today who think the things, you know, things for me are, are no longer going to be any good. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the end of my rope. There's, there's no, no hope of things ever getting better. Things are never going to change or anything like that. In the weeks that, that are coming up, you're going to hear Jesus tell a better story. You're going to say, you know, evil is winning. You know, God's not in control anymore. Things, things are broken. They're going to always be broken. And God's not going to be able to do anything about it because we look around and all, all that's happening is evil is happening. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear Jesus tell a better story. And that better story is going to reveal what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's going to change perspective because often that's what these stories do is remind us of some fundamental truths that when we forget, we lose hope, we lose promise, we lose a sense of who God is, we see the wrong side winning, we see the world taking over, we see evil having its way. But Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like. And for some of you, you need to be reminded that the kingdom of heaven is like. And God is still in control. Jesus is still on the throne. The church is still moving out. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we, the people of God, doing the right thing. Although it seems small and insignificant, can make a difference, can actually change the world. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for these parables, for these stories that really speak to the heart of some truths that maybe some of us need to be reminded of. We can get caught up in religiosity and looking around at what we see and how we feel. And yet Jesus enters into a time in history of the most religious nation at the time.
and reminds them, you know what? You've kind of forgotten the heart of the Father. May we, Lord, this is, this is my prayer for the next eight weeks. May each and every one of us who are a part of life groups and a part of the services get a sense of the heart of the Father again. We may have forgotten. We may have gotten into technical things. We may have, you know, gotten pushed aside because of other matters in life. But can we, can we together once again be reminded of the heart of the Father? The Father that Jesus came to reveal. The Father that Jesus came to remind each and every one of us of. That he pursues us with a love and a passion and a heart. That regardless of how far we stray. That when we come back. He is there with open arms. To celebrate. To throw a party. And to remind us that the kingdom of heaven is like. So Lord grant us that. That heart through the next number of weeks. And we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.